Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio Program, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. I am your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. And hello, Sandy. Hello, Miss Jenny. How are you? <laughs> I'm just doing great. Did um, you have a fun week? I did. I did. I went to a beautiful family wedding. I love weddings. Yeah. Good food, good company, lots of dancing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just had a great time. Got to dance with my husband. It just was beautiful. That's sweet. We had a nice time. That and it's very sweet. It was hot. You know, it was a classic outdoor summer wedding in the South. Mm-hmm. So a certain amount of sweat is involved. Absolutely. Yes. And you just have to make the best of it. There were some folks who were really fanning themselves, you know, with the wedding programs. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to sort of channel my mother and grandmother, thinking of how many hot summer weddings they probably sat through. Right. Yeah. Right. So, anyway. just enjoy the joy. Yes. And kind of don't think about the misery. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it was fabulous. How about you? Oh, I've, it was, it's been a crazy week, but my weeks are always crazy. Yeah. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. Got mm-hmm. Picked up two new speaking engagements that I'm very excited about. One's in Birmingham and one's in Savannah. You're a busy lady. So I'm trying to, trying hard to be busy. On the go. And I I'm going to be in Dallas next week, and so and are so you. And so will I, for, tip, for separate events. Right. Different, yeah. unrelated events. Yes. But uh, I love Dallas. I know I do, too. Yes, good food out there, too. See, I'm, it's all about the food. Fabulous food. What I'm going to eat when I get there. Yeah. Are you going to be <laughs> anywhere near Addison? Go to Addison. If yeah. you're in Addison, go to Ken's... Um, Ooh, Ken's, is it Ken's Grill? Ken's, it makes me think of a barbecue place, mm-hmm. but it's not a barbecue. It is not a barbecue place. Okay. But you do need to make a reservation because it's difficult to get into Oh, and absolutely worth it. Okay. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, I'll have to make a reservation. That sounds wonderful. So, uh, it's been a good week. Right? Yeah. Okay. Marquee. Marquee. We need you on the microphone. Oh, I guess I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So last week you were telling us that you absolutely do not like pimento cheese. You do not like pimento cheese. No, no, no. Sneeze, sneeze, sneeze. Yes, I did not. I did not like pimento cheese. I have to tell you, Marky, I was shocked. <laughs> I, I won't say I was disappointed because I like you too much. But I thought to myself, what on earth could he not like? About pimento cheese. What is not to like about pimento right. cheese? But then you did share some insight that you just weren't really raised. Yeah. I wasn't raised on pimento cheese. My grandma never made it. You know, we never really bought it. And when my wife, when me and her got married, she bought the prepackaged pimento cheese. I just didn't like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not the same. And then you made Jenny McCormick's fully loaded pimento Um, cheese. Yes. And I I was going to take pictures of it and email it to you guys, but it didn't get out of the bowl. (laughs) It did not get out of the bowl. So it jumped from the bowl into into your mouth, into your stomach. Really? I'm thinking that's a good sign. That is a great sign. (laughs) I love the pecans in it. It's just a nice crunch, the jalapenos with a little spicy. It was Uh delicious. Pimento cheese convert. I'm so proud. Aren't you proud of You've got another one, Jenny. Good work. Good work. A pimento cheese convert, right? (laughs) And I know you said you had it out of the bowl and you even put it on a burger. Yeah, I put it on some fries too because I was speculating it was, Mm. you know, Really good. That's yeah. like that's Canadian. That's poutine. Yeah, poutine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, it sounds well. Well, thank you, Marky. I'm glad you gave it a shot, and he's a pimento cheese fan now. That's right. A and convert. He has, yeah, and he has the very best recipe ever. Mm. If you didn't get it last week, go to southernsistershome.com and this get is right. it. Yes, and we're going to the best. We're going to give away ever. a cookbook later today too, so yep. you can pick. You can definitely get it there. Also, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So what else is up, Sandy? Well, you know what I found. So I I just love to sometimes just cruise around the internet and see what I can see. See, see. Yes. And I found on BuzzFeed. 35 easy ways to identify a Southern woman. Mm. Now, all 35 of them weren't fabulous. And some of them relied heavily on the photographs that were with them. 
Right. And that doesn't really translate well on the radio. No. So I picked my favorite ones. Okay. But my very favorite part was how the article started. Southern women? Yes. We're really sweet when we want to be. (laughs) (laughs) How true is that? (laughs) We can turn it on and And we we can can turn turn it off. off. (laughs) And when it needs to be turned off, stand back. Right? (laughs) Isn't that the truth? We are a fearsome bunch when we get... Yeah. Yeah. But we are fiercely loyal mm-hmm. if you're good to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about that the, our very first show about the uh, about Southern sisters and how we are loyal to okay. each other. Yeah. So here's some easy ways to identify a Southern woman. Y'all is the only pronoun we need. OK. It, that's it. We don't need another one. Agreed. We completely stand by our friends through any and every adventure, good and bad. Have done that. Yes. You have too. I have too. And I'm actually living the benefit of it right now. When my southern sisters are rallying around me when my husband decided he doesn't adore me anymore. Right. And so, you know, I love having southern sisters. How do you identify a southern woman? Well, when we're standing by our friends through any and every adventure, we especially like to do it when it involves a beach weekend. Ah, (laughs) right. A little sand and surf. If you see a whole gaggle Mm. of southern women, of women together at the beach having a good time, you bet the word y'all is being bandied about a lot. Absolutely. Now, we're pretty sure... That it's impossible to drink a beer without a koozie. Ah, you yes. got to have a koozie on your beer. Yes, this is true. It's you know, especially in in colleges and yes. football games. Yes. yeah, you'll have the and all the little sororities have their little koozies and mm-hmm. yes, yep. And professional sports are okay, but high school football is the most important sport in the world. Hmm. Yes, I agree. Okay, um, we don't understand how anyone stays sane without a little bit of wild in their life. Ah. Okay. Now, how would you define wild? A southern wild. So, yeah. yeah. I've often said that at home. Well, for me, at times, it's putting a little extra spice on the burgers. Okay. Now, I don't know that that's very, really very exciting. Well, that's okay. My, my wild is actually pretty tame. Okay. And I define wild as being out in the wilderness. I oh, you love, mean outdoors, well, not like a wild lifestyle. They didn't really define what they hmm. meant by wild mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking it, I'm taking literally, I'm taking wild as in wilderness. Okay. That's my wild. Outdoors. I love to take my dogs out for a hike. Mm-hmm. Love, 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 love. Mm-hmm. That's my version of wild. Okay. okay. Major problem during the summer. You actually already alluded to it. Sweating like a sinner in church. Ah, <laughs> a sinner in church. I, yeah, and right. That is that is a it major is. problem in the summertime, right? And now you could say we we glow. We do. We Not glisten. necessarily sweat. No, we I glisten. Glisten. I don't know about you, but I glisten mm-hmm. because that's a much prettier word than sweat. <laughs> we were farm to table before farm to table was cool. Very true. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Right. We absolutely one hundred percent, despite what you may think. Know that Scarlett O'Hara is not a role model. Uh, not a role. We wouldn't mind playing in her closet. Right. <laughs> but right. Not a role model. Oh, fiddle dee dee. Oh, fiddle dee dee is right. Despite what you might think, the perfect man does exist, and his name begins with George and ends with straight. Ah! Uh- <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners are going to agree with you on that. Yep. Our have female you seen listeners are going to. Oh, listen. From my years doing country radio, uh-huh. I have met him on more than one occasion. Yeah. What a very attractive man. Oh, on is he? all levels. Really? He is so sweet. He is so polite. Oh. He remembers your name from the time that you meet him to the next time that you meet him. He right. remembers where he met you. So he's the whole, you he's are. The whole package. He, he is the does perfect. not look bad walking away. Ah, Just oh saying. Okay. We do not go out in the summertime without a good hat. This, okay, yes, because yes. we have to we have to take care of yes. the complexion. And, and then, a, yes, and yeah. a good hat includes a brim. Mm-hmm. It could be a cowboy hat. It could right. be a baseball cap. It could be a baseball cap with a ponytail through yes. the back. Yep. My favorite kind of hat 
is a is a hat that doesn't have a top in it. It is just a brim. Like a visor. It's like a visor, except it's not. It's a big straw. It's like a big straw hat that somebody took hmm. the top out of. Oh, I like that. So that when I wear it, my hair doesn't get a hat-a-tude. Doesn't get a hat-a-tude. It doesn't get a hat-a-tude. <laughs> I hate the hat-a-tude. Isn't that the worst? <laughs> right? You know, you take your hat off and you yeah. go, oh, no, I have to put the hat back right. on. Right. <laughs> we know the secret to finding the best barbecue. Mm-hmm. The more rundown it is outside the more delicious it is inside. Uh, right? Don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly. I would agree with that. Yes. Some of the best barbecue I've had in my life have been in hole-in-the-walls, just little yeah. tiny places. Yep. Other ways to identify a Southern woman, mm-hmm. we always have excellent advice for other women. Ah. We're really good at that. And, a, and quite an abundance of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whether you ask for it or not, we're probably going to help you out. And it's okay because we, we mean it from our hearts. Right. We mean it in a good way. Right. We would kind of like to monogram everything. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and I find, especially the younger, uh, college age, 20-somethings are into monogramming everything. Okay. If you have a daughter that has graduated from high school or college in the past 10 years, mm-hmm. she has been given something with a monogram on it. Yes. And probably loved it. Every Terry cloth, little Terry cloth cloth wraps that they yep. wrap themselves up yep. in. You mentioned the koozies already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The final way to identify a Southern mm-hmm. woman, we do not give a second look to a man with saggy britches. Ah. Nice, worn in, tight wranglers, please. Oh, I l- and if my you have husband any wears wranglers. Good man. He is, see? Good man. I've always admired his wranglers. And so there's one more reason there right you there. go. He made the list. There you, he made the list. Yeah, no, please pull the pants up, folks. Yeah. You and know. put a belt on. Come yeah. on. I know. Don't need to see the boxers. We don't need to see that. What's your way of identifying a Southern woman? We would love to hear from you. Email us at radio at southernsistershome.com and let us know your Southern women secrets. Mm, we'd love to hear from you. And we'll be right back. We are we're going to be talking about biscuits and everything Yum. you didn't know. Mm. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. Here's your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Welcome back. (laughs) It's the food segment. I love the food segment. I do too. In fact, sometimes we have more than one food segment because there's just so much good food to talk about. Right. Right. Today we just have one, but I think it's going to pack a lot of power, a lot of punch. Okay. Because we're talking about a very important Southern icon in the South. Which is? Biscuits. I love biscuits. Right? Yeah. I love all kinds of biscuits. I rarely meet a biscuit that I don't like. No, for the most part, you would not like my biscuits. Oh, is it like your pie crust? Yes. Oh, Sandy. See, the thing is, I like to make bread. I like to knead bread. I like to get my hands in, and so I overhandle biscuits and I overhandle pie crust, which is why both of them turn out like toothbreakers. You know, if you yeah. want, if you want to put a little food color in there, mm-hmm. put a little sugar in there, it would turn into those jawbreakers. Remember those oh. jawbreaker candies when we were kids? That's what I make when I try to make biscuits. Bless your heart. I'm sorry, and Thank I don't you. mean that disrespectfully. Okay. I just, just mean I, I feel sorry biscuits. for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean. It, I've had, I had take that bad. I've, I've had a few bad ones or ones that were a little too hard in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. But I, I like them made with shortening. I like them made with butter. I like the little ones, um, you know, the big ones, right. the cat head biscuit. You know, I, yeah. I love all kinds really. And it's really a like I said, a southern icon. And you might want to explain cat head biscuit for anybody who's never heard that term well, because it really is a little frightening. It is. It is, and it's actually in. It was actually coming up. I was going to mention okay. it on our. We're going to have a little 
you know, biscuit quiz oh, here. Oh, okay, okay. Then let me not steal it's, your thunder. It's number seven on the quiz, okay. so I don't want to give anything away yet. Okay, so stay we, tuned. We'll get there, but meanwhile, don't be frightened. It's not scary. Don't be frightened. No, not. No, it kind of sounds kind of bad. Like it could yeah. be bad, right? First time I heard it, I wanted to run screaming the yeah, other direction. It's a little sounds a little gross, yeah. but it's not what you think, folks. It's, no, it's not. If you're not. if you're from the south, you know exactly what a cat right. biscuit is. You do. Um, but no. So how well do you think you know biscuits, Sandy? Um, fairly well. I don't make them. No. So if you know is, how to eat them, if I know how to eat them. I know what's really good on them: butter mm-hmm. and honey, butter and brown sugar, gravy, chocolate gravy. Right. Almost everything's good. Almost on a every kind. Yeah. Right. Put uh, a little sausage on there. Put a little country ham on there. Mm-hmm. Put a little fried chicken on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, just about anything. Yeah. You can put just about anything on a biscuit. On any kind of meat. Mm-hmm. I've had pork biscuits. Yeah. You know everything. Yep. It just It's wonderful. I yeah. love that's one of the best things about life in the South. Have you heard? Um, we're going to have a little quiz here. So okay. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about our first question is the angel biscuits. Are okay. you familiar with angel biscuits? I don't think I've ever had an angel biscuit. It's a, it's a slightly lighter biscuit. Let me just describe this to you. What ingredient, question number one in our biscuit quiz, what ingredient do you think makes a biscuit an angel biscuit? Is it yeast, sugar, milk, or honey? Hmm. Well, you said that's slightly lighter. Mm. So I gave it away. I might go with yeast. Yeah, you're right. Oh, good. It Yay. is. Woo-hoo. You know, the, the yeast, which normally is not traditional in a biscuit, right? No. But it gives the biscuit a heavenly rise. Mm-hmm. Heavenly. Oh, and yeast angel. tastes so yeah. good. Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's a angel biscuits, which I love. Now, how about this one? Flour for biscuits. Okay. Okay. Now, if you're from the South, you probably have your favorite. White Lily is a very popular yep. biscuit flour that we that we use here in the South. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you a question. Popular biscuit flours like White Lily are made from a particular type of wheat. Oh, I'm going to no. give you two. Oh, you're already given <laughs> up. No, I'm not giving up. You rise to the occasion here, Sandy. I think you're going to get it right. Rise to the occasion. I like that. Oh, <laughs> you know, I didn't even mean to say that. It just came out. Okay. It's either hard winter wheat or it's soft winter wheat. Which one do you think is used for in biscuit flour here in the South? Well, biscuits come out so soft. Mm, I'm well, going to go with soft. Some do. Okay. Well, yeah, mine don't. Yours don't. Maybe I'm using hard winter wheat. Maybe that's the problem. (laughs) Could be the problem. So your answer is? Soft. Soft. And you are right. Historically, it's a very popular crop here in the South, is the soft winter wheat, grown typically in the Carolinas, Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. Okay. So soft winter wheat produces a low-protein, low-gluten flour that is absolutely ideal for delicate things like cakes, pastries, and Biscuits. Biscuits. There you go. Soft winter wheat. Okay. All right. Okay. Number two. I've gotten two, right? You're doing, so far? Yeah, you're okay. doing, you're doing well. Number three, Bojangles, the restaurant, uh-huh. produces a lot of biscuits here in the South. Okay. Okay, so we Southerners, we like our homemade business biscuits. We like our drive through biscuits mm-hmm. and, and eat and sell a lot of them, right? So how often do you think that at the restaurants, Bojangles across the South, how often do they roll out a new batch of fresh biscuits? Would you say every three hours or every 20 minutes? I'd say every 20 minutes. Biscuits don't hold. You would be right. That's a lot of biscuits. That's a lot of biscuits. They are basically making biscuits all the time. Yeah. They're either making them, baking them, or getting ready to make them and mix them. It's it's, it's going on all day long. Okay, I'm three for three now. You're doing doing good. Okay, now, some people may turn their nose up at canned biscuits, but Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, when they were first introduced in the 1930s, there were a lot of homemakers that were very happy to have a shortcut alternative, right, to the labor-intensive homemade homemade biscuits. And that is my dad's preferred biscuit. If you right. give him a choice between a good homemade biscuit or a canned biscuit, he's going to pick the canned biscuit he's every gonna time. He's going to take it. He Maybe that's just them. that's what he was raised on. We've talked a lot about that. It's what you were raised on typically is what mm-hmm. you like, right? So let me ask you this. Where on earth do you think that Lively Willoughby 
invented and developed the first canned biscuits in the 1930s. Was it in Buffalo, New York or Louisville, Kentucky? Well, this is the Southern Sisters radio show. So but I'm going as with... you know, last week, pimento cheese was not from the South. Right. But okay. I'm still going to go with Louisville, Kentucky. And you would be right. All right. Oh, just so I'm on a roll. I'm are, on a roll. You are four for four. I'm guessing Louisville. really well today. <laughs> You're doing wonderful. <laughs> Louisville, Kentucky. Now, it was Willoughby's Ye Old Kentucky Buttermilk Biscuits. Okay. How about that? Came in a can. No substitute for homemades, but Southern households loved them. Can you imagine the first person who had to pop that biscuit can? Oh, How right. bad it scared them? Yeah. Right. <laughs> It still scares me. It still scares me. You take that spoon and you press on the seam, right? You know, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't pop. You ever Mm -hmm. had that where you have to start hacking into that thing to get it to pop, and finally it does. Yeah. Okay, so you're doing great, Sandy. Four for four. Number five, sawmill gravy. Uh Mm -mm -mm. Sawmill gravy always contains what? Bacon or sausage? Well, mom made it with either one. But I'm guessing that you went, you're probably going with sausage. Traditionally. Yes. It is made with a crumbled sausage. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, you know, it's a cream gravy, lots of black pepper. We mm-hmm. talked about it last week oh, when we were talking yeah. about having that good uh, breakfast at the Hominy Grill in Charleston. And yep. that is a classic Southern gravy. Mm-hmm. You know what it is, the sawmill yeah. gravy. So the white sausage gravy. Now, right. then there's the red eye gravy also, which right. is also wonderful with the ham drippings made with coffee. Mm-hmm. A very intense flavor. Uh-huh. I love my husband can make that. And then there's chocolate. You were talking about chocolate, chocolate gravy. gravy. Yeah. Very simple. Really? Really good. There's chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cocoa. Cocoa yep. in it. There's, it's water, cocoa, a little bit of flour to thicken it up, and a little bit of salt and a little bit of sugar. Well, I, I, and you just cook I love it. chocolate. Yeah, you cook it until it's, it's glossy and thick, and you just put it over a nice warm biscuit mm. at the end of your meal. So it's like a dessert. It's dessert. It's That's Sunday morning big breakfast dessert. Mm. Biscuit dessert. Yep. Sign me up. I love it. Okay, another question. Ready? Number six. Which southern town is home to a minor league baseball team called the Biscuits? Is it Montgomery, Alabama, or is it Chattanooga, Tennessee? Well, I live pretty close to Chattanooga, and I've never heard of the Chattanooga Biscuits. You've never heard of them? So okay. I'm going to go with the Montgomery, Alabama biscuits. Dang, Sandy, you are right good. Again. Okay, you were right again. <laughs> <laughs> the name was actually chosen by a fan. Okay. Okay. And uh, so it is the Montgomery biscuits. The team mascot is a googly-eyed biscuit. How about that? And guess what they do if you go to a game? What? They will fire biscuits out of a cannon during the games. You know, like they fire Edible T-shirts. Ones? Well, I can go catch the biscuits. If it, if yeah. it lands on the ground, no, I'm not. Maybe gonna, I wouldn't mm, eat it. I'm then. not picking it up then. Okay, but, but if I can take my dog to the stadium, my, my dog can have it. <laughs> Your dog, yeah, it doesn't really. I don't. The five second rule doesn't really apply to dogs, does well, it? So much it probably does, but you know, as my grandma said, eat a peck of dirt before you die. Really? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Words of wisdom. Pick it up, dust it off, eat it up. Hmm. Waste not, want not. Okay, I got it. I got it. So, but if you go to Montgomery, Alabama, and you go to see a Montgomery Biscuits baseball minor league baseball game, uh, you will have the opportunity to catch a flying biscuit. How about that? I like that. And mm. I also, I'm, I'm imagining the headlines in the newspaper. Yeah, the Montgomery Biscuits rise again. I love it. Minor base baseball games are <laughs> minor league baseball games are are so They're much fun, fun right? Fun. So much energy yeah. and a little more laid back, kind of low key, yeah, and a lot cheaper. Yes. to go to. No right? kidding. You can also buy if you're in Montgomery at one of these games. You can buy a biscuit shaped hat at the team store. Okay, I'm going to say no to that. <laughs> 
I'm going to pass on that hat. It's <laughs> probably cute, but mm, no, thank you. A yeah, biscuit-shaped hat, you're not going to wear that? No. Okay. All right, number seven. We talked about it earlier, right? What is a cat head biscuit? It's a biscuit that's so big, it resembles the head of a cat. You didn't wait for the choices. I didn't wait for I didn't need the choices. I really want to make people not worry about what a cat head biscuit is. Because it's a little disconcerting. Yes. I'm imagining all kinds of gross things. Yeah. Well, my choices were a cat head biscuit is a seafood biscuit traditionally stuffed with catfish. Okay, that's that's really, that's very viable. It could be. Yeah. Right, it could be. Mm-hmm. I can accept that definition. Or, Sandy, is it a large biscuit about the size of, of a, a cat's, cat's head? head? Yes. There you go. And if you want extra bonus points, put ears on it. Mm. Yeah, that would be funny, actually. Wouldn't it? Pinch the corners up into ears. Then you really have a cat head yeah. biscuit. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, it's just uh, lots of essential facts to know about biscuits. More to it than you probably realized, yes, right? They're so delicious. <laughs> I want to go home and make some biscuits right now. Okay. Mm, I do love it. So, Biscuits in the South, folks, that's what this was all about. If you would like a, uh, a copy of my very best buttermilk biscuit recipe, you can find it in my very first cookbook, Sunday in the South. We're giving away a free copy. So if you email me at radio at southernsistershome.com, tell me you'd like the book. I've got one to give away this week. It'll be it'll, it'll be yours. Off it goes. Biscuit recipe in the mail to you. And we would love to hear from you about your favorite biscuit ways to use them. Mm-hmm. Radio at southernsistershome.com. Great. And we'll be right back. You better eat if it kills you. Pass me a pancake, mandrake. Sample a taco, Paco. Have an hors d'oeuvre, Irvy. As southern as pecan pie, or pecan pie, and twice as sweet. Southern Sisters Radio, on Faith Talk Atlanta. And welcome back. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Jenny. You know what's going on this week? Um, biscuits? Well, other than biscuits. Biscuits are always going on. <laughs> but it, it's actually the 80th anniversary of the publication of the book, Gone with the Wind. Wow. Has it been that long? It has been 80 years. Seems like just yesterday. And this is where I have to probably turn in my Southern Woman card. Mm, you're not a not a fan. Not a fan. Mm. I have tried and tried and tried to read Gone with the Wind. It's a long starting, book. Well, it's not even that it's long. It's, it's starting when I was 12, I think I started trying to read it. And I get into it. And Scarlett O'Hara is being just the quintessential brat. I don't like uh, her. So it's so that I you don't find you don't find Scarlett to be a likable character. Is that what it is at all? And mm. I wonder why I'm going to spend that much time with a book when I don't even like the character mm. that I've been introduced to. Now, what about the movie? The movie's okay. You watched the movie? Yeah, the movie was okay. It's a long. It's it's a long one. It's, it's, it's an, an epic investment yes. of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an opportunity to see it at the Fox Theater in oh, downtown Atlanta a few I've years ago. I've never seen it there. I bet that oh, was fabulous. It's wonderful. Because, you know, everybody that's there is going to be a big fan. There's right. a lot of energy in the audience. Uh, I took a couple of my kids to see it. We had such a wonderful time. I, bet I am you did. a big fan. I'm a big fan of the movie. I just think it's it was so unique at the time. Mm-hmm. It's just so expansive. It's right. just such a classic epic. You know, and then the time period that historical, you know, it is significance a to it of what the South was right? at that in that era. It tru- truly yes. is. But it was 80 years ago today or, or 80 years ago this week, I should say, um, that Margaret Mitchell's book was was first published. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, three years later, 
uh, that it was released, right? right? And ended up winning 10 Academy Awards, the film did. Wow. Including Best Picture. Uh-huh. How about that? So th- I've got some interesting facts about Gone with the Wind. Okay. Things that I think might be interesting to you. Do tell, darling. Well, we, we know certain things about the film and about the book, but there are you know some little behind-the-scene things that people may or may not be aware of unless you happen to have watched a documentary right. on the film, which I have. And so have I. Two or three. Yeah. I, I, love, I, I, I like documentaries. I do, too. I feel like I've gotten a master's degree in a lot of different subjects right. because I watch so many of them. Right. But, but listen, how about this? Do you know that the, the book, Margaret's book, Gone with the Wind, almost was never published? Really? Right. Okay. Margaret Mitchell was a very private person. She actually wrote the book while she was in bed recovering from a car accident. Right. Her husband jokingly claimed that he deserved some credit because she'd been reading and he'd been giving her books to read. And she finally ran out of things to read. And he says, why don't you just go ahead and write one of your own? And she'd been thinking about it for quite a long time. She had the ideas, obviously, the concepts in her head. Um, When it was completed, a friend recommended that she give it to Macmillan Publishing. And she she said, I don't know what you're talking about. She denied the, the manuscript's existence. Really? She did. She did. But eventually she sent it on to Macmillan Publishing, but then changed her mind and sent a telegram and wanted them to send it back. But by then it was too late. <laughs> they, they were in love? They were in love. The book was published and do you know sold two million copies in the first year. And that is saying something for 1936. No kidding. That's right? saying a lot. Absolutely. So uh, within one month after it was published, um, the rights were sold. The movie rights were sold to director David Selznick. For about $50,000. How about that? And then Mitchell never published another novel in her lifetime. She didn't like the fame, and she was not a fan of the attention either. How about that? Did she like the money? I would think. I would think, too. Well, you know, David Selznick felt that 50000 was not enough. That was what she was originally paid. Mm-hmm. Later, he gave her another 50000 Wow. That made him a good man. He is a good man. He right? was a good man. Now, how about this? Another interesting fact. Do you know that Scarlett O'Hara... Uh, Margaret Mitchell originally was had not named her Scarlet. She was going to have a different first name. And that name was? Okay, brace yourself. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Pansy. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Now, see, my dentist and his wife, who is also my dentist, that's mm-hmm. uh, two dentists married and practice together, love Gone with the Wind. Mm. And their daughter is named Scarlet. Really? Yes. Not Pansy. Not Pansy. I, I just can't imagine her as a Pansy, um, so I'm so glad Scarlet no. worked. No, I, Scarlet is... <laughs> A much better name. Now, how about some original names for the book? Okay. She was also considering Tomorrow is Another Day. Okay. All right. I can see where you could get that from the story. I don't get this next one. She was considering Baba Black Sheep. Well, Scarlet was a black sheep. She was. Yeah. Right. And But I would say wah-wah black sheep because she wah, wah. was pretty whiny. <laughs> she was a whiny. <laughs> she was whiny. The other name she was considering was Tote the Weary Load. No, please, no. Right? How did that one make the final? I don't know. It's not good. Gone with the wind. Could now that we know that's the name. Yes, you can't think of it as being named anything else. Well, how about this? Do you know who was almost cast as Rhett Butler before Clark Gable? Who? How about this? Gary Cooper. Okay. Okay. Now, but there's a little bit of a sour grapes story behind this. Ultimately, as we know, Clark Gable got the role. Right. Correct. But do you know that after after uh, Gary Cooper lost out on the role? He was quoted as saying, he made this remark, Gone with the Wind is going to be the biggest flop in Hollywood history, and I'm glad it will be Clark Gable who falls on his face and not me. 
<laughs> Don't take any investment advice from him. No. That he regretted that comment. <laughs> now, another interesting fact about Gone with the Wind is the director, David Selznick, to get people interested in the film, he started preparing long before they started filming, right? And so he had a nationwide casting call for the role of Scarlet. 1,400 women threw their hats in the wing, ring. Ultimately, only 400 actually read for the role. And then after that, only 19 were given screen tests. So this was a this was a big news, a big winnowing, big process. news, big story. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end, there were only two women that were left standing: Paulette Goddard and Vivian Lee. Okay, now Vivian Lee was British, so there was a little bit of a controversy with right. that because this is a classic American story, right? right? Um, and she was she was not American. But do you know what? If you go on to YouTube and you Google this, you can actually see Vivian Lee's and Paulette Goddard's original screen tests for this role. I am going to look this afternoon. It's fascinating. Yeah. It really, it really, really is. Now there was a little bit of scandal involved, which is the reason they say why Vivian Lee ended up getting the role and not Paulette. Okay, so they think Paulette might have gotten the role, but at the time she was living out of wedlock with Charlie Chaplin. Ooh, this is true. You know, he had a pretty bad reputation. He, yeah, he right? had a very bad reputation. Yeah, he, had, he was, yeah. had some flaws, yeah. character flaws, shall yeah. we say? Right now, here's the interesting thing that was very much frowned upon at the time, and yet Vivian Lee at this time was having a very open love affair with Laurence Olivier, and they were both married to other people at the time. But for some reason, that was not considered as controversial as Paulette and Charlie Chaplin living in sin. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And I wonder who the third choice would have been if it wasn't either one of them. I have no, yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. Isn't that sad? She's not on the list. And to be paired, you know, to make it be whittled down to the third person, you're still right. probably a great actress. More than likely. Yeah. But if you go online, you can see a number of different screen tests for the, for the movie. Uh, Maybe different... number three was living in sin with a married guy and she was still married. <laughs> she got... So that's why she didn't even make <laughs> the list. completely disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> and now, do you know that it was also very important because according to the book, Scarlet had green eyes, so it was very important. They were very concerned about literary accuracy. They wanted everything to be as close as possible to the original book. Um, And so Vivian Lee had blue eyes, and there were no color contacts available back then. So Vivian, in order to sort of get that illusion of the green eyes, the directors had her wear a good bit of green clothing. You know the special dress, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Made out of the curtains. Right. And special light for very close-up shots that gave her the illusion of green eyes. Isn't that interesting? Mm Mm-hmm. Let's talk about pay inequality, because this okay. this kind of struck a nerve with me. And you know, it's still going on. It's still going on, but it was worse back then, I okay. have to say. So Vivian Lee, uh, she filmed for 125 days for Gone with the Wind. She was paid a total of $25,000 for that. Which is just a king's ransom at that time. At that time, it was a lot, but you know how much Clark Gable made? Hmm. And he filmed for 71 days, 120000 Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. There's still some work to do, but not quite that much. That's not right. That's not right. Okay, let's talk a little bit about some of the steamy kissing scenes between Mm -hmm. Vivian Lee and Clark Gable. Mm -hmm. Guess what? What? Well, Vivian Lee is reportedly said on more than one occasion that she hated it. Because Because of his breath. Because, have you heard this? Yeah. Clark Gable had bad breath. Yeah. 
That's so sad. Yeah. I almost didn't want to tell everybody that because then I think I'm, I know now I'm going to think of that the next time I watch the scene. But now you know she should have been paid more money if she had to put up with that. Right? Don't yeah. you think? She would have more than $25,000 to kiss him. And do you know that the very first scene that was shot of the whole movie was the burning of Atlanta scene? Was it really? Yes. And get this interesting fact. So Selznick, the director, ended up burning up a lot of old movie sets to increase the intensity of the fire and the flame, including film sets from movies like King Kong. How about that? That's funny. Yes. So the Empire State Building might have been. Might have very well been laying well, on the side and burned up. Yeah, right? Wow. I know. And then the scene where Scarlett is walking through the sea of injured Confederate soldiers. Mm-hmm. Soldiers. There were 800 real actors in there and 800 dummies. Those yeah. are the guys that didn't move very much, right? Right, right. Yeah. No, they, didn't. <laughs> they, weren't, they, they, weren't wiggling, they weren't wiggling around. Anyway, and then how about the most memorable line of the movie, which we know is, frankly, my dear, I, I don't, don't give, give a, a damn. damn. It was almost, frankly, my dear, I don't care. No, that's just not in this no, movie. No, not the same punch. Frankly, my dear, my indifference is boundless. No. No. Too frankly, formal. my dear, nothing could interest me less. No. No. It's no. got to be. It's got to be. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. So what was your favorite part of the movie? We would love to hear from you. Email us, radio at southernsistershome.com. It's Gone with the Wind. 80 years ago, the book yeah. came out. Yeah. Wow. Your I favorite to go part? watch it. You just got to carve out four hours out of your schedule to watch it. That's right. <laughs> and we'll be right back. We're talking Facebook etiquette, Sandy. Sweet tea? Why, yes. Thank you. Southern Sisters Radio, exclusively on Faith Talk Atlanta. the Southern Sisters radio program. Let's mess around. Oh, I love Ray Charles. I do too. That's the mess around. Yep. I love that song. Yeah. Mm. You know what? There's something that some people shouldn't be messing around with. Yes. And that's Facebook. Oh, okay. Okay. Now I, I going a different direction. Is that what direction. you were going to say? That's okay. Oh, I don't know where nope. you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just going to tell you that, that, you know, I originally got on Facebook probably 10 years ago at the, uh, at the urging of my children. Mm-hmm. And really it was more, they were showing me how to set it up. Right. And then I soon found that that was a great way to kind of keep up with them mm-hmm. and their social lives because mm-hmm. kids don't always tell you everything. You right. know? So it's kind of nice to see what, what they're doing. And now that they're in college and often some are married, it's, it's a great way to keep up with them. Right. Share pictures and that kind of thing. Yeah. But you know, Sandy, there are some issues with Facebook. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I do think that uh, it's very important what we're talking about today. And that is the Southern Woman's Guide to Facebook Etiquette. I think this is going to be important information. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) grab a pen and start writing this down. (laughs) I'm a little passionate about a few of these points that we're going to make today. But, you know, because so many of us are on Facebook and it is a really big mechanism for social interchange and communication. Right. um, You know, people maybe don't always think about, gee, maybe there should be a set of manners that goes along with this. Right. Yes. As there would be with any social interaction. If Mm -hmm. I were to have dinner with you or if I were to meet you for coffee, I would adhere to a certain certain standard. You know what I'm saying? This is called social media. Yes. Social media. So there are social mores that a good Southern woman would know. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. And some of them 
Um, well, some of us, I should say, are, are do it naturally, and some maybe not so much. Okay. Okay? So I've got some do's and don'ts. And okay. You can tell me what you think, and we'll just kind of, and folks, just because you're, you know, think about this a little bit. We'd love to get your feedback, on, especially on this subject. Certainly send us your ideas and your comments about this to, to us at radio at southernsistershome.com. How about a couple of do's, okay. right? Okay. So do, please, folks, send a private message for personal matters. Oh, yeah. Well, you say, yeah, like it's natural. (laughs) It's natural for me. It ain't natural for everybody. Okay. Think about it this way. Walls have ears. Okay. Especially Facebook walls. Right. Right. So things of a very personal nature uh, really should be reserved for private messages. Okay. A scenario here would be, let's say, for example, that you attended a party in person where all 500 of your Facebook friends were in attendance. Would you grab a microphone and make certain announcements to them. In other words, you're getting ready to post on Facebook. Ask yourself, is this something that if I saw them in person, all 500 of them, right? Would be interested in mm. or would need to know. Yes. Personal Did you things. see that dress that Sue Ellen is wearing? Mm-hmm. It's cut down to her navel. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? That does not belong no, on your Facebook no. wall. Or dirty laundry. Right. Don't need to be airing it on Facebook, no. right? How about the, another one? Be mindful of what you're posting. Now, you might want to think, a lot of times we do think that what we're, what we're posting is harmless because it's harmless to us. But you may, you know, realize that your many, many Facebook friends may take it differently. Like very likely, you have friends of different backgrounds, ethnicities, beliefs, personalities, religions. So I'm not saying that you don't share your opinion. I'm saying be mindful of what you're sharing. Right. What does not offend you might offend somebody else. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not a big person that worries so much about offending everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to make you self-conscious about what you're posting. But just consider, if you make a generic comment about, oh, rednecks, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? You might have some friends that might take offense at that. And you might very well, because you probably have friends who consider themselves rednecks. Right, and take great pride in that. So exactly. if, you're re- if you're referencing that in a negative way, that might offend someone. So right. be, be mindful of what you're posting. I think that's good advice. Mm. I'd also encourage you to be... in. Uh, Uh, encourage you to be encouraging to your Facebook friends. Now, Southern hospitality extends, in my opinion, to Facebook, just as it would anywhere else, right? So you want to respond, in my opinion, if, if you have someone who's liking your comments, it's very polite to respond to them. Or, for example, let's say that you've posted something or someone else has posted something and they uh, let's say you go in and you like that and you continually like that and never get a response back. Mm-hmm. That gives the other person the, the feeling that they're just talking to a, a blank wall. Right. They're never getting anything back. Right. So there's a little bit of give and take. You want to be polite. It's a conversation, y'all. It is it's a, a conversation. conversation. Isn't it, though? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So abs- you want to just kind of consider that. Now, those are some do's. Okay. Uh, Can I add another do? Yes, please. When you put up a compelling photograph that people feel like they need to share, it's always very nice to go and like their share and even thank them for sharing your content. That's a really good point. Yeah, because they've, they've, they've thought enough of something that you posted that right. they want other people to see it. So it's really good if you just thank them for that. Right. And you'll know if your post has been shared. Right. Because there's a little place down there to show you how many shares you have. You click on that. You can see exactly who mm-hmm. shared. So that's a really good point. They've done something nice for you. They've given you the gift right. of, of expanding your reach. And this is how things go viral. Exactly. Right. So um, thank absolutely. Them because then they'll be more likely to share next time they see something good on your wall. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there are a few things we should not do. Uh, yeah, really, you think? Oh, boy. <laughs> and I could go on forever here, but we don't have that much time. Okay. But let me tell you, some don'ts for Facebook for okay. the Southern women. Ladies, gentlemen, please, don't make friend requests to strangers. 
Okay. Okay. Now, let me just tell you this. It's always important to have some kind of connection with someone that you're extending a friend request to. Now, in some way, it may be that you have met them someplace. It may simply be that you've had an introduction through a mutual a mutual friend. But if you're just friend requesting strangers, you know what that makes you? A spammer. It makes you, yeah, it makes you a weirdo. Right. Okay, but <laughs> don't be a weirdo. But now I have this kind of special circumstance here. Okay. How about if I send a friend request to my soon to be ex husband's girlfriend? Oh. And I don't, I don't, I don't, th- I don't think that makes you, I don't think that makes you a weirdo. Good plan, bad plan. I, you know, it just depends. Um, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to make a judgment call on that one. I can see the temptation though. I haven't done it. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it. I haven't well, You might want to work though. up something really creative to say, you know, you know, something, something that's really going to make an impression. <laughs> There's one option for you. That may be a do or a don't. I, I'm saying that's probably a don't. You think so? Yeah, but I'm, okay. you know, but I'm thinking about we'll it. We'll keep it on the don't list for now. Let me okay. know if you change your mind. Okay. Now, this is especially true for Southern sisters. Ladies, do not tag your friends in unflattering photos. Oh, please don't do that. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No, no, no. Now, listen, I've got my settings set up so that I have to approve any post where I'm tagged. Me too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know... some of us may be a little more discerning about how we're represented online. Right, and right. once something's out there, it can't be really taken back. Mm-hmm. So be respectful, folks. Don't 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 tag friends without their permission, right. especially if it's something unflattering. Yes. My favorite don't of all times, okay, is don't overshare. Now, I do believe this is the number one reason that people are unfriended, unfollowed, or blocked. Yep. Oversharing. And this can fall into a couple of different categories. There is sharing too much, okay? And then there's also sharing too often, right? Now, if, if you're sharing something 10 times a day, if you're posting 10 times a day on, on Facebook, um, people may get tired of you. And I'm just speaking that, I'm saying that mm-hmm. frankly, just yep. simply because it's like the person who never stops talking right. in a group, right? right? It's just, it's, it's too much. And also, I think it becomes less interesting to the reader if you're overposting too much. You know, you want to be available enough, but not too available. Is right? this where those food porn pictures show up? Because, oh, you know, I love okay. food, mm-hmm. but I have a couple of, uh, shouldn't even say girlfriends. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of friends mm-hmm. that love to post pictures of the food they're eating. And really, I don't care. Okay. You know what then that, you know what that falls <laughs> under? That doesn't necessarily fall under the category of posting too much, but posting uh, uninteresting and uninspiring and inconsequential content. Okay. For example, let me tell you, ask, ask yourself this question before you post something. Folks, ask yourself this question every time. Say to yourself, is this post that I'm about to make truly interesting to all 500 of my friends? Gotcha. Half-eaten food, okay? Now, it, it, it could be, it, there's a difference between a half-eaten sandwich or a picture of your hand holding a Starbucks coffee mug, right? Mm-hmm. You know how people take a picture. Here's my coffee mug. Well, everybody goes to Starbucks, so that's not really that interesting. A, a difference would be if you have some new or creative recipe that you've made, mm-hmm. something that is different and interesting, maybe a value and interest to people, Right. that falls into a different category. Or if you have some fabulous decadent dessert at a restaurant right. and you post it, you know, one or two, it's one time and I know. it's beautiful and, and you want everybody to see how pretty it is before you take a bite out of it. Okay, right. got it. Not yeah. every day. I know. Not every day. Yeah. Stop so, it. So Stop if you it. have posted five times this week <laughs> that you are at Taco Mac eating chicken wings, yeah. you have to ask yourself, surely this is not interesting to all of my Facebook friends. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So be a little discernment is good here. How about this? Posting pictures of physical ailments. Now. 
There are some that are good and some that are bad. Certainly requesting prayer requests for an, for, for an illness, something like that. But you don't need to be posting pictures of, let's say, your ingrown toenail. No. Or something of that nature. No. It's just, it ain't fitting. It ain't fitting for the southern woman. I like that. It ain't fitting. It ain't fitting for the southern woman. She's whooping out her southern lingo. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, another really big point, I think, is try try to rein in the bragging. Okay. Okay. Now let's talk about bragging because okay. sometimes I don't think it's people are doing it with ill intentions, but mm-hmm. just sometimes it doesn't come across right. There's direct bragging and there's indirect bragging, right? Direct bragging might be, I'm posting a picture. Look at me and my new coach purse having dinner at the country club. Yeah. You know, ticky tacky. Yeah. Okay. How about some indirect bragging, like very poorly disguised bragging, like, gee, I'm having really trouble. Does anyone have any suggestions? I need a, uh, I need a mechanic for my new Porsche. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That is a brag yeah. that yeah. is masquerading uh-huh. as a, a, request, a request for, for help. help. You yeah. got it? Yeah. Okay. Also, another one, don't vent about work. Be very careful there. Oh, yeah. If you value your job at all. Don't talk about work. Uh-uh. Best to keep that private. And with, if you want to talk to your friends, let's keep that keep that on a private conversation. Well, and even if you intend to leave, keep it, keep it private. Because Absolutely. your next employer is going to be looking at your Facebook page yep. oh, before they hire absolutely. you. Absolutely. Everyone needs to remember that. I also suggest not fanning the flames in a contentious online debate or argument. This is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is hard to do because you're going to jump I have one on my in. wall today. You did? I do. Yeah. How many times have I typed something out and then backspaced? I'm like, no, 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 I can't do it. Well, whatever it is, folks, just remember the basic rules of etiquette that apply in real life apply to Facebook as well. So just keep that in mind and you'll be the perfect Southern Facebook poster. We love so much that you join us every week. We'll see you again next Saturday. In the meantime, let us hear from you. Facebook etiquette or whatever. Radio at SouthernSistersHome.com. Have a great week, y'all. They did the boogie boogie for the study roll. They mess around. They doing the mess around. They doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around.